0: Thank you for listening to the following film's podcast. Today, I'm joined by producers John Ramsey and James A. Rhoda to discuss the new film, Studio 666. The film is about the Foo Fighters, who are struggling to record their 10th album at an Encino mansion, and frontman Dave Grohl is forced to battle supernatural forces within the house. It's a great film. I had a blast watching it multiple times and had a wonderful time talking with uh, John and James about the film. Uh, John joins the conversation a little bit late for about the first 20 minutes or so. It's me and Jim uh, discussing the film and we kind of get way derailed during the conversation, but I had a blast speaking with him. And you should also check out Jim's band Fireball Ministry if you're not familiar with them. Um, they have an incredible record called uh, The Second Great Awakening, which has just been uh, released on limited edition vinyl, and highly recommend you checking that out. So, and love this conversation, love the film. So, hope you enjoy it. Big thanks to Bookmans for sponsoring the show, and thanks to Fort Worth for letting me use the song at the end. Okay, there we go. I think that's working now. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good, good. There we go. Let me just close this out. Sorry about that, um,
1: dude. No big I, deal.
0: I, you know, you would think that two and a half years into this shit, I would have this figured out by now. But it's just Zoom. It's not consistent. <laughs> have you
1: ever? Have you ever delivered a movie? Because they never go good either. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've never. And tried- we've been oh, we've been doing that a long time too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: But congratulations on the film, man. It's pretty damn remarkable. I really love this movie. So um awesome. scratched an itch that I didn't even know that I had anymore. I'm,
1: That's so cool.
0: I'm 45. So I was raised on kind of uh, VHS horror movies and yep. Iron Maiden. Those were kind of <laughs> pinnacles of my prepubescent life. And yes. yeah, this spoke to that inner 12 year old me so
1: hard. Well, you nailed it. Cause that's, you know, that's the movie that I think everybody wanted to make was, you know, when, when Dave Craig came to us with the, this crazy idea, it was just like, you know, like, well, of course we're going to do that. You know, like, you know, it was not even a question we just, we had, yeah you know, we had, uh, we, my partner, John and I have done a ton of movies or not a ton, but a handful of movies with Dave already in mm-hmm. the past. And, you know, this just seemed like the next logical step because you know such a unique thing to want to make and you know we all had fun doing it every project we all do together is always just like like hearkening back to being younger and having fun with your friends and it's always just that you know that's that's the environment that we want to work in and I feel like that the movie really shows that you know like just how much fun everybody had making it and how you know half the time you were turning around and going like did we just do that
0: well, I, I you can feel that too. It feels cool. like the whole time there's an energy that you're getting away with something. That this yeah. it almost feels like they gave us the keys. Well, what happened? Let's sneak in. Let's get this done before anybody realizes the mistake
1: they made. Right, that's so and, funny. I mean, I I yeah, and you know they they really they really embraced it too. And you know like BJ, our director, you know he's like a full on lifer. He knows everything about you know all all things horror and. You know, we just got really lucky. Again, I would have much uh, rather not had to shut down because of a global pandemic and then, you know, and then figure out a a a two-and-a-half-year post, basically. But, you know, but whatever, here we are, and we have an awesome movie, so that worked. That that
0: you do, and it's it's something that I think would only work with this band specifically. Um, This particular film with this band, it's that perfect marriage of the material and the artists themselves. Cause most uh, band films that you see, they yeah. only really work when it's sort of going either against or playing with, or really kind of uh, leaning into the public personas like hard days night. The way that that works is because of the personalities of the individuals. Um, totally. Something like uh kiss in the Phantom of the park that honestly works because it's being made by a company that like Hanna-Barbera and yeah, makes
1: cartoons. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So, and I think this really works because nobody in this film is unwilling to be the butt of the joke. I think everybody Correct. looks absurd in this movie,
1: which is what you know. If you you know, like if you look at the the history of, of these guys, it's like they obviously don't take you know themselves too seriously, which <laughs> is you know. This is, you know, like they've been dressed up as women. They've been, you know, naked in the shower together. They've done all kinds mm-hmm. of things yeah. over the years. So it's like, it's just one of those things where, you know, as long as they're not taking themselves seriously, then it's funny. You know,
0: yeah. I, I, absolutely. Because, I mean, if you, it, it's, and it's this other thing that it's kind of, uh, I, I'm not sure if this was even on anybody's mind, but there's that sort of legendary story that you hear about metal bands that kind of go too far like, you know, sleep yeah. with Dope Smoker or something like that, where they yeah, put, yeah. try to put up a 62 minute uh, yeah. song and the, and the label's like, no, fuck you. We're not going to do that. Yeah, and yeah.
1: So, exactly. And,
0: and that's kind yeah. of playing with that idea of all, also the kind of pretentiousness that bands, when they kind of get up their own ass for too long, that they can come out with stuff like, no, don't get me wrong. I actually will put on Dope Smoker every once in a while. Oh, hell concert, yeah, man. But.
1: I'm with you but i agree it's like you know uh, we we did this show with David uh, called sonic highways and we had an episode yeah. that was in was in new york and um steve rosenberg who owned the studio was telling me he knew the kind of music i liked and he told me london did their initial listening for dope smoker or jerusalem as it was called at the time yeah that's right here yeah. he here at the studio and i was like were you there? And he goes, Oh, yeah, I was there. And I'm like, So you saw the moment that the label was like, What the <laughs> fuck did you guys do? <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, it was 100% real and accurate. That's exactly what happened. Like the label was like, You're turning in a song that's an hour long and you're calling it an album. <laughs> like it wasn't even broken up. Do you remember? It was like the song. Yeah. It's, it's anyway. just that
0: one. Th- and the compromise, from what I remember, it's like they did like a 52 minute version of it, like where they, Cut out something and the label still yeah. was just, no, we, we can't do that. But, and I know there's, Confer- like a th- there's a three minute version out there now somewhere that's on an album, uh-huh. I think, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, yeah. It, it had that vibe to it where it was just yeah. kind of making fun of itself, where this is all kind of ridiculous that we get to, first of all, you have musicians that they, they, they get to make music for a living, which is something that's another world of. Yeah. not that there's not hard work and, you know, kind of struggle that goes along with that, but that's really a rarefied world to be in. And then you take on top of that, making a movie and combining those two things. It's if you're not pinching yourself in that process, I, I don't know that you're still human.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean, dude, uh, you know, like everything we've ever been able to do, you know, like, and, and and I think everyone in this, in the, in the band, you know, in their band would say the same thing. I mean, it's like, it's the craziest You know, we just had, you know, these crazy ideas happen and then we do them. And then, you know, it's like, you know, well, will the movie make $200 million? Who knows? But, you know, we sure had fun doing it. And the people that are going to get it are going to have fun watching it. You know,
0: to go back to kind of the video store idea of thinking of VHS horror, this is going to be the kind of film that people share with each other. When you go into the good independent video store where they have the recommended wall, and you would see that person who always had something that you were interested in on there that maybe you hadn't heard of this oh, yeah. will be recommended and shared amongst people i think for years to come this is a film that is absolute as long as there's an interest in heavy metal satan and uh bands that are self important i think that this movie will be evergreen
1: yeah I, yeah that's what you know that's kind of you know like i remember pat was the one pat was the one who said this is he said we're making a cult classic and i was like that's <laughs> yeah. that's a good that's a good way to look at it. Cause it's, it's true. It's like, it's such a unique, weird thing, but it, it works. Right. Like, I mean, I feel, I feel like it works. I don't want to well, jinx it, anything.
0: No, it, it does work because it doesn't feel cynical. Um, yeah. And I'm, that that's the only thing in art that turns me off. I can listen to any type of music, watch it, any type of film, I have certain things that speak to me, but really it's not one narrow niche thing. Yeah. Another thing, reason that I loved Sonic Highways, cause it really explored that in a way that I think most people don't think about, you know, all the different yeah. influences that come in from all these different directions. Um, and so like a film like this, it has all those kind of things to come together and it never feels cynical. It never feels like this is like, okay, yeah. this is a vanity project. This is something that will yeah, get us no. to this
1: place. No, this is a genuine bunch of human beings and, and they're and the whole, you know, the whole organization that, that works with the band, you know, and the band themselves, they're all very genuine people And it. Nobody's doing anything as a cash grab or doing something to like, you know, show somebody that, that they could do something that no one else can there. We, you know, at this point, it just seems like everyone is just, you know, zone, you know, focused in on having fun. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, shit, if there's one thing, the last, two years has taught us. It's that we do need to be focused on having fun and prioritizing what's important.
1: Yeah. And prioritizing like things that, you know, like making commitments, for me, it's been like making things that I enjoy and then I know will make other people happy. And, and you know what I mean? Like that's my, you know, my focus now is trying to, you know, put stuff back into the world that just makes the world feel not so, you know, anxious. How's that? I I don't know, I don't know that killing a bunch of, you know, guys in a band doesn't make some people anxious, but I've seen it so many times now that I'm just desensitized. Well,
0: (laughs) you know, there was the first time that I saw Evil Dead 2. That was the movie that really uncracked this part of my brain that I didn't, that it just solved so many things for me where it was like, oh this can be a Looney Tunes cartoon. You can have gore that doesn't carry weight in that way, that it can be right. absolutely over the top and it's, you're going to laugh at it. And, you know, I think I saw that when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. So and I, the idea of an eyeball shooting across the screen and then somebody swallowing it, that was horrific to me. But then oh. when I see
1: it. I, I was like, yeah. this is hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. That's the other trick, right? Like, cause you know, when we first started the movie, you know, when, when we first started doing the movie, we have a good friend that's done a bunch of special effects for the guys named Tony Gardner. And he also, he does all the old people stuff for jackass. Mm-hmm. And Dave was having a conversation and said, is there any way you ever wanted to kill somebody in a movie that you haven't been able to do it? And Tony was like a ton of ways. There's a ton <laughs> of ways. And, and Dave was like, write them all down. So we wrote, he wrote, all, all those ways down. And then basically we handed that to the, the team that wrote the script, Jeff and Rebecca, and we were like, okay, Dave has the idea for the story here. This is the way everybody has to get killed. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and I think you, you've made a movie that's kind of uh, almost spoiler proof. I don't want to get into anything that would ruin it for anybody, but there's cool. certain kills here that oh, yeah. are so... There's a disembowelment that honestly it's up there with uh day of the dead. Yes. I'm not sure how familiar you are with that, but that's okay. So that has a moment yeah. in it. That it's oh dude, as,
2: it's
1: it's there. I was uh, you know, I was we were talking that I was talking I was talking to the director BJ and, and my partner John, who I produced with, and I was saying, like, I can tell you the moment. Where I was on my bicycle at the top of the hill of my house in New Jersey, and I was what, talking what, to the... What
0: part of New Jersey, just huh? out of curiosity?
1: North, is that where you are?
0: I, well, not now, but I used to live in Bergen County. I'm from Ridgewood. So whenever I meet people I, from... All right. I was born in Teaneck.
1: There, there it
0: is. <laughs> there it is. It's a New and Jersey John, thing. This all makes sense now.
1: 100%. And John, my partner, and I went to high school together up near Sparta. So that's, okay. where, that's yeah, our deal. Yeah. So long story short, I'm a kid and I'm on the top of the hill with I'm on my bike with other guys in the neighborhood and we're talking. And I just remember my neighbor was like, have you seen Nightmare on Elm Street? (laughs) You know, and I was like, no. What is said movie? And then, you know, he talked about the famous Johnny Depp scene where the blood just, you know, fountains out of the bed. And you're like, yeah that's a thing that kids you'll remember as a kid forever. And then, so my hope in this is that there's some things like that in this movie that are just so ridiculous and over the top that people remember that forever and ever. Right.
0: Uh, Not to say anything. There's a thing with a grill in here. There's two things involving a grill, but the second one that involves the grill. Yeah. That'll stick, man. That'll stick. You're not
1: going (laughs) to unsee that for sure. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't by design, but yeah. absolutely so fun man again like you know it was more fun making this movie than than any movie i've ever worked on it was just you know everybody wanted to be there and everybody wanted to be there for the same reason and that was to have a good time and we pulled this off you know honestly we had a week left of shooting when we got shut down so there was a moment there you know where we were like this is this gonna even happen you know like it was a real it was like a a super super devastating moment, you know, where we're just like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me!" But again, everybody was super cool—the crew and, and the band. And everybody wanted it to happen, so when we were safely able to go back, everybody came back. Like that's what's so rad.
0: Were you able to? Like, did you have to re uh, to get that house again? Because that's such an important. The I know yeah. it's overused where people say you know a location is a character in the film, but yeah, this is absolutely the uh, no for sure. It's the embodiment of evil. In, the, in this
1: particular yes episode. exactly it's the one uh it it um the band had actually recorded their record there and then so we i mean honestly when we were moving movie gear into the house they were still moving album gear out like honestly wow. for a, for a week there was that much like there was that close crossover so basically we just extended the lease they had on it for the record and we were able to be and then when everything went sideways it was like we had to just say hey we're going to leave a bunch of gear up at the house we don't want to return all this stuff only to be told because you know back when it, for all this first started it was like oh two weeks we're gonna be fine everything's gonna be fine yeah. in two weeks oh,
0: remember that
1: <laughs> i sure do no yeah and it's just one of those you know weird things where uh, I guess that was wrong and then we you know we had to leave stuff there and 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 everybody was really cool all the you know all the people we were renting gear from, Everybody was, you know, for a moment there in the beginning of this thing, everybody was like in, on this and in the same place and on the same teams, you know, so to speak. And it felt like, Oh, okay. Everybody's being cool. We'll all come back when this blows over. It's going to be great. So, but we did, we all went back and we finished and, you know,
0: Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. If you live in Arizona, you know Bookman's. There's six locations, and it's by far one of the best places to go if you're looking for books, vinyl, movies, instruments, video games, home decor, or really anything else. It's a great place to start when you're looking to support a local store in the community. It's a one-stop location for arts, culture, and entertainment. In fact, I went there this week uh, looking for some David Lynch. I've been on a big David Lynch kick lately. I got The Twin Peaks box set from my brother-in-law this year, and I've been revisiting that. And when I got that, I realized there's quite a few holes in my uh, collection where there's a lot of his stuff that I don't have. And I went there thinking, well, there's so many of his movies that I don't have. I'm sure there's a chance I'll find something. And wouldn't you know it? I went in and found a Blu-ray copy of the Criterion disc of Eraserhead which was pretty much the top of the list of the David Lynch films that I wanted to get, that and Inland Empire, and they had it right there for it, so I was able to pick that up this week and I was so excited and something I'm gonna be able to share with my wife because she's never seen it and I'm sure she's gonna hate me for it when I actually show her this film because if you haven't seen Eraserhead, um, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, David Lynch is one of those filmmakers who makes films that, for the most part, Um, or for a very specific type of audience. But then every once in a while, he would do something like The Straight Story, which is this rated G film about a guy driving across Texas, I think? Maybe it's Oklahoma. I can't. Somewhere flat. Um, Driving across the country on a tractor. and then Or he'll do The Elephant Man, and he does these completely straight, normal, uh, middle-of-the-road films. But then it seems like most of the stuff that he is known for... Is the blue velvet side of things? He's known for Twin Peaks and you know, Inland Empire that I mentioned before, and these bizarre, surreal, fever dream, uh, fever dream logic type films. And one of my favorite filmmakers, and I was able to put one of my favorite films (laughs) of his on my wall into my collection because I stopped by Bookman's this week, and it's something that. If you go to Bookman's, you'll realize immediately that Bookman's has your cool covered. Get back to the interview. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks.
1: I still laugh. Just, I've seen it. I, I could probably recite every line and I still laugh. The other night at the premiere, I was laughing all over again.
0: So I I watch a lot of films. Um, I you know just got finished covering Sundance doing that and saw like I don't know 25 films in the course of seven days, something like that. Wow. I rarely watch things twice. I watch this thing three times, and oh, it's just like yeah, no, it's it's that it's that much of I if I ever have the opportunity for an interview, I always try to watch things twice if I can, just yeah. to watch it once Smart. as an audience member, then kind of open up the critical eye the second time around, and then the third time yeah. on this, it was just for pure joy. It was just it was That's literally so sitting good. down and just just to enjoy this movie and that's kind of when I came to the idea that this movie is really critic proof to me. I think this is a near perfect movie. Um, if you take into the intent, the intent of the filmmaker. And yes. if that's the, what you measure a film's success by, what were you trying to make? I think you nailed it and made the exact thing you were trying to make.
1: You know, It's funny that you say that because recently I, I, was, I told a friend of mine that I, one of my favorite genres of movie is when like Italian, when the Italian, you know, people and, and other countries saw that there was like a big success with like Star Wars in America. And then, (laughs) and then, and then they would take like a quarter of the Star Wars budget and then make the Italian version of Jaws or Star Wars or whatever. Yes. I talk about intent, right? Talk about like, when you, when you watch it, you're just like, I know what you wanted to do. You just, Didn't have the money or the resources. And that to me is so much more endearing than like some big giant visual effects, like monstrosity. I love those old, like I'm doing the best with what I got, like the post Conan, the barbarian, barbarian movies. And like, you know, it's like, they're all the best. I love that so much.
0: If you like that, there's one that I would recommend. It's a Mexican film. That's called Terminator 2. It's not, okay. it's, and it's basically supposed to be a ripoff of the first Terminator, but it's actually a ripoff of, <laughs> oddly enough, of James Cameron's Aliens. And so it's a complete, like almost like shot for shot I'm ready. made with like $1,500 maybe. Yeah, and what yeah. you could do with that kind of thing. And it's, so goddamn good! It's one of those films that you talk about watching something with intent and just made with pure passion and shoes from it. it is yes, Terminator Two. I think it, because of licensing, you can find it on YouTube, and it's just oh, a I'll whole go. Lot of I'll fun.
1: totally go find it. Uh There's there was one I saw. Hey, I love it. This is what we're talking about. Um <laughs> Sorry.
0: There was one. No, no, <laughs> John you're joins I, us right <laughs> in the middle of this. And he's like, "Wow, the, the, the this is, we we were talking about the film at one point." I promise. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. sure.
1: <laughs> Swear to God. No, but there was one I just saw recently that was like, it was from like one of the Eastern Bloc countries and it was, it was after alien. And then they called it alien Two. Then it was supposed to be like a sequel to the Ridley Scott alien has nothing to do with that story whatsoever at all. And it just like, but they called it alien Two, And you know, that they were trying to make their version of alien, but they just, it was all hard. I love well, it.
0: And that, and that's sort of, I guess what, uh, zombie did Fulci's version of that where he was making that and then but in in that you end up with a zombie fighting a shark in that movie so so, good and that thing with the eyeball and the shard of wood i mean that's yeah
1: so good i mean (laughs) you know if you're in it you know not to sound like a a, a, an idiot or jerk but like if you're in the know on that stuff you will i think you'll love this movie because we put so many little like horror homage moments in it and we're hoping that, like, people see that and they're like, oh, yes, rad, rad, rad. You know, that's all BJ and, and all, you know, like, our director. Like, we just wanted to make sure. You know I, know, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, there's the burning thing when someone gets killed in the movie with the shears. Yeah. And, you know, we have that obvious uh, uh, exorcist shot with the lighting and, you know, just, like, a whole bunch of stuff. But anyway, the book, but, obviously, we know where that's from.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that you have the the Necronomicon in the book. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's going to be, you know... It, and again, it's like talking about the Evil Dead 2, one of those ones that really yeah. to me, that's the movie that kind of unlocked the potential of horror and comedy. I know there were things that go back to the beginning of cinema that did that f- idea first. But sure for me personally, I when I yeah, was I'm with you. eight years old, it wasn't Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because Frankenstein was yeah. never really scary to me. Um, it all was right. Evil Dead 2. That was the one that really just kind of cracked my brain open and hit all those
1: and the greatest times. and the great the greatest part about Evil Dead 2 circling back around is that's the same movie as evil dead except for he got more money and he was like I'm gonna make a better version of the movie I just made but because now that, I can there, do it
0: there's something that happens with it that um it's aware and it, mm-hmm. in the first one where when you watch it and it's just supposed to be a to me, when I saw it the first time, and even when I go back and watch it now, it feels far more earnest in a way. It oh yeah, this is a more serious film, um, even as ridiculous as it gets. But then they're really able to push the Looney Tunes angle in part two, and it's if if you were ever thinking that this was supposed to be taken seriously, much yeah, like no your way. film, you're let you let they let you know right away how to yeah. take in this material, and right. I think that's what you've done so beautifully here. Is that this is a movie that just it telegraphs exactly what it's supposed to be. And for people that are my age, and I'm, I know that it hits all these references that we will get. But there's going to be a whole generation of people that are younger and older that will come into this band through the Foo Fighters that aren't aware of these things. And I, I, man, I wish that I was, you know, a 13 year old kid getting to see this movie just because I one of the bands that I like happens to have made a movie, and then having kind of just your. You know mind destroyed from something like this of what <laughs> this band could be. I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm envious of those right now. That's rad. That's such a nice thing to hear, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, I I, I honestly, maybe it's just that, that time of year going through all, and I am, I appreciate art, I appreciate cinema, I understand yeah. the importance of exploring what it means to be human. And I, some of my favorite films are really. Deep, dark, Hmm. uh personal stories, but god damn it. Every once in a while I need some empty calories. I I I need cotton candy. Oh dude, McDonald's, yeah.
1: (laughs) McDonald's is delicious. Like let's not all don't don't nobody can get, you know, there's nobody gonna fool you there. It's like it's delicious. It's terrible for you, but you know, you know, it's like, yeah, you need sometimes it just needs to be fun, you know. I don't know, especially now, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah i think anything that we can use as a palate cleanser at this point is much appreciated and <laughs> i mean as much as a film like this could be a public service i know that it wasn't designed that way at the time but god Boy. damn it you're you're, you're do, out there doing the lord's work right now so thank you for that <laughs> amen
2: brother amen <laughs> yeah that's so, an awesome thing
0: so john so, sorry uh, uh kind of ran with this for a minute but um
2: yeah it's so, all good sorry i was late i was stuck on a phone call
0: Oh. No worries. It, it absolutely happens. And I was just uh, telling Jim, basically, this has been a 30 minute sloppy wet kiss about how much I love this film and um, that I really think you guys have made something incredibly special here. I'm just wondering Great. what um, you have to be pretty excited now with this oh. just about to be released. And I'm
2: wondering got, what that
0: what that feeling like after what close to three years, two and a half years now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so exciting. I mean, it's been, you know, this movie has fought us every step away, you know, with everything that could go wrong, did go wrong, including a world pandemic and just, <laughs> uh, you know, every movie's impossible to make. The fact that any of them actually get made and actually make it out into the world is a miracle. But, you know, after all of the crazy things to go through to them, you know, be on a red carpet premiere at the Chinese theater and to have it be going, you know, theatrical worldwide. You know, it's so crazy. It's such a pinch myself kind of moment, especially for a movie like this, which maybe doesn't always get this kind of treatment, but just because of the caliber of the Foo Fighters and the amount of reach they have, it's, you know, to get something like this, to get such a big push, it's awesome.
0: But it's not something to be... This like in a cynical way. Look, we have the food Fighters in this movie. We can push this out in the theaters, make a quick buck off it. The which I'm sure there will be people that will show up for those reasons, but I think it's going to be shared because of how fucking good the movie is. This is something where the performances are spot on up and down in this movie, and it's there's not a weak link in the cast, and they all have such unique, interesting personalities, and they all come through, and they're kind of playing with their public personas so much that I think that that's mm-hmm. kind of the. That's the cheat code of this movie is that, I mean, uh, Jim were mentioning this before, but the idea that they're not scared to make fun of themselves. And I think that's yeah. what makes this such an, it, it's a weird, it's weird to say this movie's endearing, but I, I'm left with a warm <laughs> feeling for some reason when I leave this theater. I, maybe that speaks to my great. deficits, but yeah, I, I definitely felt good leaving the theater, yeah. or leaving the home theater, I guess.
2: Foo Fighters have a great sense of humor, a great sense of humor about themselves. And they were just willing to go there on this film. Yeah, and yeah like you said, like I'm glad that it it comes through for, you know, yeah. for the viewers.
1: Yeah, because again, again, it's like we didn't have any, we, we couldn't have any test screenings. Like we couldn't have any normal... You know, the normal stuff that that movies get, you know, because of the pandemic, like we weren't, you know, everybody wasn't able to gather like a normal movie and and all see it together and enjoy it. I mean, like the first time John and I saw it, with like, you know, I mean, I want to say unbiased audience, but with an audience that didn't have like some kind of direct connection to it was at the premiere. And it's like, you know, it's unbelievably satisfying when people actually laugh and jump where they're supposed to do both things.
0: This is something that's gonna play incredibly well with an audience. Um, oh. uh, the I the third time I watched this movie was just to get my wife to sit down and watch it and just to watch this for joy. It was, you know, the preparing for this interview and then just to like sit down and have fun with her. And the idea of uh, she doesn't really entertain my kind of heavy metal, really <laughs> cheap horror movie leanings. But I knew that there was a heart in this movie that she would connect with, and yeah, it absolutely worked for her. And that's something sure who does really like the comedy, the horror comedy yeah. combination all the time. So that's you did something pretty special there.
1: Awesome, awesome. John, he's from uh, Bergen County. Oh, right, right on.
2: Way.
0: Okay, yeah. Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> Northeast New Jersey, absolutely Ridgewood. Yeah, right. <laughs> from a uh, right. million years ago. But um, and the other thing that I, I have to mentioned jim and it's just I, I know this is way kind of off the subject but mm-hmm. the second great awakening you just put that oh, on shit. vinyl there's like a limited 300 issue is that yeah, still yeah. available right now
1: yeah talk to, talk to me off offline i know a guy <laughs> well i i mean i i know no,
0: i'm I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not saying it for that reason yeah no for. no i i yeah i'm big fan no, of that
1: that's record awesome. so um yeah. that makes me feel good how about you know this record's coming out soon too i don't know if you can see that but
0: is that this
1: is that's a tape the dream widow tape from Shut the, the when they, yeah <laughs> this is it this is a bs i mean i know it's it's a biohazard you know when we stole it from the uh we stole it from the locker at the police station but yeah no i'm sorry i was holding this in my hand because i just moved it so I, figured I saw, I'd I
0: saw it. you go to the back of the room to grab something. I wasn't yeah. sure. Um, and I, well, was, I, I assumed there would be the tie-in with something being released, and I was wondering if you were going to go for the sleep dope smoker, just one song, full-length album thing. If that's how that release <laughs> would work, or if it's going to be broken down no, into I mean, manageable pieces.
1: Yeah. R- rumor has it that you know that they you know that the record the band was making when they you know when they left the earth that that, that unfinished album could be heard. will be heard fairly soon. I can't confirm anything like that, but those are the rumors I've heard. Outstanding. (laughs) Uh, Perfect. Can't say for sure.
0: I I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this film and what a pleasure it was to speak with both of you just because I, one of the reasons I do this is I like to thank artists because I think that it's really important to thank people who make things that you enjoy um, and I know it can be a pretty thankless pursuit. So just uh, thank you for making this film because it's uh, You're pretty goddamn great, man.
1: Yeah. I'm the same. I'm the, yeah, it's cool. I'd feel the same way about you. And I mean, you know, like the same way you do. It's like I, you know, I appreciate all the people that have ever done anything that made, you know, that made my life enjoyable. You know, that's really nice to hear. I don't, we don't usually hear that.
0: No, so well, cool. I, it's, uh, there's enough people that mo- that. <laughs> focus on negativity and reach out into the world to say, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I think it's more important to reach out to say, thank you. That's, I guess oh, you're my, awesome. my big takeaway from the last two years. So thank you. Oh, for yeah, me. no way. I do appreciate it. And I'm so excited for, to see once to have the conversation about this phone, once everybody's able to see it,
1: please uh, definitely just send me your information. Don't I, be I will. Should I just I'll email just,
0: just it through the publicist and they'll, yeah,
1: that's great. Okay. Awesome. I'll make it okay. happen
0: for you. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thank All you right. both for talk doing soon. this. appreciate it. Take care, guys. Cheers. Bye. Right. Oh, who's oh, that? There, there was the the un- see. You? I had it I had it set up so I couldn't see the uh person who's not on video didn't know they were in the background there the whole time. Well done.
1: Great interview. Oh, oh. There <laughs> she is. Oh, thanks. Much. Yeah. If there's one thing I could do is talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, great.
1: <laughs> awesome. Thanks, thanks everybody.
2: Bye.
1: Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope